At one point in time this season, Oklahoma State looked completely dead in the water. At one point in time this season, it looked like the fracturing of the locker room was potentially going to rear its ugly head and bite us once again and lead to potentially a large amount of transfers in the portal. But that was then. This is now. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms, visually as well on YouTube. Find me personally on Twitter at All Day O State. Today, we partially brought to you by Game Time. Last minute tickets should not be as stressful. Download the Game Time app today, create an account, and use the code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. All righty, y'all. So this Max Exodus conversation, uh, it did happen, right? It, it was legitimate. And here's the deal. If there's still some people out there, obviously not y'all, but there's obviously some people out there that potentially believe that Oklahoma State was not putting themselves in a potentially precarious situation early on in the season. And if that's the case, please, please, please have them hit me up on Twitter because I do have some prime real estate to, to sell them. Um, it's near Florida. It's kind of swampland, but it's prime because the issues that started this year were very reminiscent of last season. Now, fortunately, we had some dudes, we had some players, we had some coaches, including Mike Gundy, that were able to reel this thing back in, which is precisely why Mike Gundy deserved Big 12 Coach of the Year. You typically do not go from the situation that Oklahoma State was in to playing for a Big 12 championship. So this mass exodus thing, it's sometimes infectious, and OU is starting to potentially go through that right now. Not only did they lose their offense coordinator, which obviously led to them losing Dylan Gabriel, Dylan Gabriel likely to go to Mississippi State with Coach Levy, which also means there's going to be some other dominoes to fall. They've already got some running backs in the portal. They've already got some defensive guys getting in the portal. So OU is having potentially part of the problem that we had last year. Yet, what do we know for our transfers? Well, the BP thing is what it is. Now, they are still having conversations. And when it comes to conversations, see, guys, last season was obviously an issue. But the biggest issue was not able to have enough communication between Casey Dunn, Mike Gundy, and some of the guys that were getting ready to leave, or at least potentially pursuing leaving if they couldn't get some sort of direction on how the season was going to go, so on and so forth. I'm here to tell you from what I've gathered, the conversation aspect is night and day different. There is not lapses right now in communication, which is obviously a breath of fresh air and is very, very beneficial, which is precisely why you're hearing that we've got just a couple transfers. Again, the BP situation, it could change. Just because they had an agreement before the season started doesn't mean that they could potentially change their minds. Now, he did walk on senior day, uh, but that's not always telling. We have a considerable amount of guys that walked on senior day that will, in fact, be coming back, especially on the offensive line. And we're going to have uh, Colin Clay, it appears, to be back on the defensive line as well. So we seem to be in a pretty good position. 
I do want to say, Ladarius Webb, you are making a... I think you're making a bad decision here, bud. I mean, you came to Oklahoma State because what you put on film in JUCO was that you were an extremely good player that was head and shoulders above everybody else at the JUCO level, especially in the the hitting and coming downhill department. So we switched you from corner to safety. Maybe you liked it. Maybe you didn't like it. I don't know. But what I do know is I think you are, in fact, making a mistake because our cornerback room is good. Our safety room continues to need this level of depth, but it is what it is. Tyrone Weber, he's got some stuff that he's got to go get uh, get get scored away. So uh, I wish him nothing but the best. Again, the BP situation is what it is, but it could pot- potentially change. Are we going to lose a couple of younger offensive linemen? Yes, that's kind of inevitable. Whatever you take into consideration, we're going to have um, at least a couple of these six-year offensive linemen that end up coming back. So the more of those guys that we have come back, right, your Taylor Matericles, your Joe Maholskis, your Dalton Coopers, the more of those guys that come back, you could even throw Cole Birmingham into the potential mix or Jake Springfield, the more that we potentially lose as far as youth and depth on the O-line. But then again, this is Charlie Dickey's wheelhouse. We finally got to see what Coach Charlie Dickey as an offensive line coach can do whenever you make things a little bit more simplistic, a little bit more battle-tested oriented, and a little bit more uh, run game based. So if these guys are potentially coming back to block for a Heisman-level running back, then I would imagine that some of the youthful guys see the writing on the wall and see that they're going to be able to not only have improvement, but have the ability to, to kind of help transcend Oklahoma State's future running back group, which we seem to be in pretty decent hands with Sessi. I like what Sessi Vlahe brings to the table. He obviously proved in the game that he's a big hire. Shout out to Benny Tonga, right? I was able to uh, to talk with some of his family at the game. Uh, so shout out to shout out to y'all. Shout out to again to all the regulators and everybody that I was able to have extremely wonderful conversations with live, in person, at the Big 12 title game. But again, what the locker room leadership was able to do was bring this team together kind of in the middle of the Iowa State stuff before the break. And then Mike Gundy obviously was very instrumental in playing his part in that as well. The irony of the madness, the rotation of madness, was, and Gundy did allude to this in a recent interview, it almost turned out to be extremely detrimental. Because again, there were players after South Alabama and Iowa State that were like, um, this isn't what we, we, we said we were coming back for. This isn't what we were told we should come back to anticipate. This isn't what we've been running in the spring and the fall. So there were players that were like, um, I don't know what in tarnation happening. So if you feel like you had the rug pulled a little bit out from under you, and then you had your coach come in and basically not only rebuild the rug, but give you a better rug, to stand on, and then you have proof in the pudding winning seven of eight to get into the Big 12 title game, which is very deserving. Again, if OU wants to do a bunch of crying and whining because that's what they're really good at, if you wanted to be in the daggone game, you should have beat KU. You should have beat Oklahoma State, but you didn't. And guess what? It wasn't because of the refs. And I mean, if you want to talk about the refs, look at the Big 12 title game. The refs clearly had a meeting beforehand, and they were like, hey, guys, our objective here is to throw, like, maybe five flags. If we get over five flags, uh, then it got kind of wild. I mean, maybe I I don't exactly know what that meeting was about, but they were not throwing flags. 
They just decided not to. And 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 you want to say unless it's egregious, but there was some insanely double team wide receivers getting dominated way before the ball got there on both sides with the ref three feet away and another ref 12 feet away and nothing. So, again, I don't necessarily mind it. I'm glad that Brett Yormark and, and the officials did have meetings and they did let Mike Gundley and Steve Sarkeesian know, hey, guys, kind of like Bedlam, we're just going to let this thing go, right? We're going to let this thing play out. <laughs> and then the worst possible case happened. Right again, there was not going to be any gray area. It was either going to be a tail whooping or a fourth quarter dogfight, and we know what happened. But the Big 12 is still in a good position. I know that a lot of the SEC and even part of Texas is going to claim that they're an SEC school alongside Bama with all the SEC clout that they get in the CFP and Final Four. But record attendance proved. Oklahoma State fans are willing, able, and ready to travel, which is a great sign for Brett Yormark and the Big 12, just like what else is happening in the landscape of college football that I think is going to be very beneficial to the Big 12. Brett Yormark is a visionary. Brett Yormark is a guy that is able to capitalize seemingly on any given situation, and he's been given a situation. And if you've been given a situation about finding tickets, like, guys, it, it shouldn't be wild, wacky, and crazy to get tickets anymore. And I know getting tickets to this Big 12 title game was not an easy proposition. I did a lot of searching. I did a lot of uh, looking. And, and I was about to pull the trigger because game time had me hooked up on a really good deal. Uh, but then somebody came in in the clutch uh, and gave me some, uh, some legitimate, legitimate tickets. But I was prepared. I was going to Dallas. And I was going to find a way. You could have done the same exact thing, and it appears as though a lot of you did because we set a Big 12 attendance record. Game time is the fast and easy way for you to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got the last-minute killer deals with all-in prices. You want to view the seat because they've got the best price guarantees. With these last-minute killer deals, it takes the guesswork out of you buying tickets. Guys, right here, right now, um, I can go to the Denver Broncos game for $53 to $73, and it's actually right by the end zone. Or if I wanted to kick it up a notch, I could go check out the Morgan Wallen concert coming up in Denver. If I wanted to keep it simple, $152. If I wanted to go super bougie and feel Big 12 title ready, I could do that as well. And I get to see precisely where I'm going to sit. This is huge for me because you guys know I'm typically lugging around the four-wheel drive wheelchair. So be obsessed about making your money matter more when it comes to buying tickets, and that obsession needs to be with game time. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app today, create an account, and use my code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, all one word, for $20 holla off of your first purchase. Terms apply. But again. Create that account, redeem the daggone code. Locked on college, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. The Big 12 might be getting bigger, and it might be getting better. Well, why? 
Because look at the CFP Final Four. Is Texas in the SEC? No. Is Texas in the Big 12? Yes. So a 12 and 1 Texas got in over an undefeated ACC champion, Florida State. Now, how could that be? Because when you consider that the SEC went 7 and 9 against other Power 5 schools this year, you cannot say that Alabama or Georgia's head and shoulders above Florida State. Florida State knows that too. So now Florida State can see that the Big 12 clearly carries more clout and has far more levels of respect than the ACC will have, will get, or is it ever going to be able to obtain? If you look at the TV rights contracts, again, with a fine-tooth clone, it, it's pretty sketchy. There definitely seems to be ways out of the, the contract. And NC State, we don't want you. We, we, we don't want you. But Florida State, we'll take you. We'll not only take you, but clearly we will elevate you instantaneously. And then you get to come in, and you've got your, your Oklahoma States, right? You've got your Utahs. You've got a pretty powerful Arizona right now. You've got a constantly powerful Kansas State. Iowa State's always a tough test. BYU is going to be good. UCF is going bowling. And you can get in to the playoff a lot easier. I mean, if you're playing SMU, that's great. But it's not the same as playing Iowa State. Who doesn't want Pitt and West Virginia? As a Big 12 game. Who doesn't want more Florida State, Oklahoma State action? I do. I think Brett Yormark does. And now, pretty sure the Florida State people see the writing on the wall. They should do two things. One, lawyer this thing to death. Try to get out of this contract and come join a real conference that is going to actually benefit you in the long run. Or B, just go repeatedly throat punch everyone at NC State because they had to have eight votes, and they had it to get out of the conference. They had to have eight votes to allow SMU into the conference, and they didn't have that until NC State flipped. So NC State, we don't want your flipping, flopping, hibbity-hobbity, wazoo in the Big 12. But again, Florida State, come on, baby. ATC. You, you ain't nothing without Florida State. Louisville, come on, it's Big 12 time. Definitely we want Pitt. We'll take North Carolina. We'll take Georgia Tech. And I think we can. And now Florida State knows that they are in not a, maybe not a sinking ship, okay, but there is a shift that's not fast enough to catch even the Big 12. And you look at the viewership numbers. That indicate the same thing. The ACC isn't, isn't it, guys. So Brett Yormark, I'm sure, is already prepared to make moves. Brett Yormark, I'm sure, has already had conversations. Brett Yormark, I'm sure, 
is probably hitting the, uh, hey, I told you so button with somebody in ACC country. Florida State is not going to sit idle on this deal, I don't think. Because, again, they're going to be able to distribute money to whomever in the ACC predicated upon what Florida State was able to do and what they probably should have got another opportunity to do as well because it's not just about quarterback, right? It's not supposed to be. That's what the Heisman's for. The Heisman Award is just a quarterback award, right? It's not necessarily about the best player in college football anymore. We all know that. So why is the CFP banking this much on a, on a third-string quarterback? I mean, it is fair, as we talked about on yesterday's show, without their starting quarterback, they're probably not one of the four best teams. But let's call a spade a spade. If Florida State beat Texas or Oklahoma State in a Big 12 title game, they're in. Even if they had lost the game during the season, they're in. They are a blue blood. They do carry that level of weight. But they're in the ACC. Naturally, they're going to, the committee, they're going to use the injuries as one of the biggest reasons and the offensive ineptitude that Florida State did display in the ACC title game. We all know. What this is, this is two things. This is, number one, a sign of how much the committee respects the ACC's level of competition, and two, how much they love getting the SEC schools in. Alabama probably deserved to be in, but you could make that argument that this is a team that should have lost to Auburn and Auburn got absolutely curb-stomped earlier in the year by a very comparable South Alabama-style team. They got waxed, like 31-10. to 10. And then they should have beat Bama. Now, to get to titles and stuff, you do have to have some of those miraculous plays. So I'm not going to completely dismiss Alabama being legitimate. But Florida State has every argument. Now, Florida State could win their bowl game and pull a UCF and claim themselves as national champs. If you were in the Big 12, it wouldn't matter, right? Because you'd be in. And now we go to the 12-team format. How likely is it that two ACC teams get in? Probably not very likely. How likely is it that two Big 12 teams get in? Well, if you've got 11-2, and 12-1 type of Big 12 teams, right? Uh, we're probably getting two in. So come on. Jump on in. The water's fine. Brett Yormark will, will, will lead you in the right direction. The Big 12 will continue to close that gap. Because it's not as massive as people think. Texas, Texas is just really, really, really this good. And it does hurt my heart to say it, okay? It does. But they are. As it did, it did They are who we thought they were. It's unfortunate. It's sad. You know what else is unfortunate is finding employees today 
is very, very difficult. It's a, it's a gamble, right? LinkedIn Jobs has all the tools you need to take that gamble and make it a little bit easier and better for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn is not your just run-of-the-mill, all-day-every-day job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of over a billion with a B, which makes it the best place to hire. The billion professionals are going to guide you the right way, which is why 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. The process is intuitive, innovative, quick, and easy, and they just lost another new feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free today. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege, all one word. Again, that is LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Go there now to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So we briefly covered the, the Big 12 championship attendance record. I was actually pretty impressed because there was a pretty even split in that stadium. And I also bet that stadium is loud. It was fun. The Nelly concert, uh, it was cool, but he didn't sing or really perform at all. He just yelled randomly, occasionally. Uh, but nonetheless, it was a Super, super Bowl-style party. It was cool to have the Texas No State bands down there. Um, it was a cool experience. Next time, Brett Yolmark, let's pick an artist that will actually sing or do something other than yell into a microphone. I mean, I'm yelling into a microphone, but I'm not here to be singing. I'm not on the stage to sing. So my yelling and Nelly's yelling probably shouldn't sound the same, but they do. The way we traveled was a good luck. The performance probably left a little bit of a sour taste in Brett Yolmark's mouth, but you do know that there was some reservations about whether Oklahoma State is able to travel and fill up that big of a stadium. Well, we answered that question, which I'll be honest with you, after how many fans left halfway through the BYU game, I was a little concerned about how many people would travel. So, shout out. To O State Nation, Cowboy Country, you did good. And then the times in the game, in the beginning, where we were able to be loud, we were. It was a fun experience. It was a fun atmosphere. And I do think that all of the bowl committees looked at that travel and said, yeah, 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 we want, yep, we want Oklahoma State too. So now we get the Texas Bowl because of the good look that we put forth in Arlington, inside Jerry World. It made it a different level of experience. It made it a little bit more enjoyable. It made the tail whooping a little bit more tolerable. Again, we're not taking no consolation prizes. I don't believe in that, right? If you get a participation trophy, the only place that thing should be is in the trash can. So we're not taking participation trophies, but as a fan base, go ahead and give yourself a pat on the back because we did represent and we did make it 
a very appealing option for bowl games. And now we get another opportunity to go to the state of Texas to represent in front of commits and recruits and young cats that are looking to get into the recruiting process. Houston has a plethora of recruiting availability at its, uh, at its disposal as well. So I expect us to travel the same. And we may not have got her done against Texas, but we can prove a point here. We can prove a point still yet with the Texas A&M Aggies. And they're not terrible. I do agree with them firing Jimbo Fisher because with all of the money in the world, you have Texas Longhorn money. Yet you have done precisely absolutely nothing with it. You paid a coach $76 million to not coach. You paid a coach almost $80 million to go sit on his couch and play golf. That will never happen at Oklahoma State. Guys, we have people that feel that there's no way we could ever buy Mike Gundy out of his $26 million contract. Now, I do find that a little bit unfathomable given the elevated status Oklahoma State has become. But again, doesn't matter because Mike Gundy did exactly what we were hoping he would do, which was reverse course, jump back in and get this Oklahoma State squad prepared for the next season without all the transfer portal craziness. I'm hearing 95% good, 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 good. We're going to lose a few guys. It's a war of attrition. That's okay. But it doesn't look like we're going to lose most of the dudes and some of the dudes that we thought were gone might be coming back, likely are coming back. So shout out to Cowboy Nation. O-State country did very, very, very well. And it made the experience, again, very appealing. And, and, and as I was able to talk with the people at the game, one thing that this also did was it sets the precedence for later on because in the next three, four, five years, if you don't think, or not you guys, but if you have, if you know people that don't think that the playoff committees and the bowl committees didn't look at this and say, I cannot wait for an O-State-Texas bowl game. I cannot wait for a Bedlam bowl game. It is going to happen. People are going to try to work, shift, move, squeeze to make these games happen because of what just happened in Arlington. Win, lose, or draw, there are several Big 12 fan bases that will travel for anything, anytime, anywhere. We proved that. Everybody knows Texas will travel. Everybody knows that OU fans will travel. I think as the audience sizes and the TV viewership numbers continue to rise for the Big 12 Conference, proving and validating that it's okay with the Big 10 and SEC up there. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to think that the gap's very far. I don't. I don't think the the talent gap is a ridiculously far apart equation. It's a monetary thing. Monetarily, they make so much more money that they're always going to be competing in facilities and uniforms and NIL. These are things that, that we have to take moments of capitalization to help. 
winning the Big 12 title game would have been a capitalization, right? For example, if Kobe Black watched Oklahoma State and his brother dismantle Texas, that changes the conversation. It does. But that didn't happen. So now our chances of getting Kobe Black are probably slim to none. You take care of A&M with all the money in the world, that's another sales position, right? That's another time that you can sell Rob Glass, Oklahoma State, winning Big 12 titles, playing for 12-team CFP final uh, you know, formats. That is alluring because there's only so many guys. Not every single really good player in the country is going to end up on a Bama, Georgia, or Texas roster. And we can prove that against Texas A&M in the Texas Bowl, December 27th. We're going to offer Ollie a bigger package than Spencer Sanders. You just go ahead and, and, and take some solace in that. We're putting together packages that are sustainable for these student-athletes. And plus, again, there's no disillusion from anybody in that locker room. They know next year, if we return what we think we're going to return, we're going to be really good. All right, y'all. So what we're going to have for this one right here, you know I love you. As always, God bless. Go Pokes, and thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen here on Lockdown Oklahoma State. You could be anywhere, so happy you choose to be here. Go like it, dislike it if you don't, subscribe, share. My podcasting people, I love you. Later, Tater.